favorite thriller. Presented by The Thriller Fiction Podcast. Jim Heskett talks to thriller authors about their favorite thriller books. And now, here's your host. Hey, I'm talking today with Christy Belcamino. Christy, how are you doing? Doing good. How are you doing, Jim? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, We've both got dog situations going on here, so hopefully we don't have a round chorus of barking at any point uh, during this interview, but we'll we'll just make we'll make do. Um, okay. Here's a little about Christy. USA Today, uh, USA Today bestselling author and Agatha Anthony Barry and McCavity Award finalist Christy Belcamino writes dark mysteries about fierce women seeking justice. Sign up for her newsletter and receive free books at uh, subscribepage.com forward slash Christy. She's a crime fiction writer, cops beat reporter, and Italian mama who also bakes a tasty, tasty biscotti. In her former life as an award-winning crime reporter at newspapers in California, she flew over Big Sur in an F-18 jet with the Blue Angels, raced a Dodge Viper at Laguna Seca, and attended barbecues at the morgue. So, Christy, first I got to tell you, I don't care about the uh, the jet or the Dodge <laughs> Viper, but you got to tell me about barbecues at the morgue. Oh yeah, sure. So we in our in our county coroner's office, it was run by sheriff's deputies, and so they were my sources, okay. and they would do twenty four hour shifts. And so if we were both working on a Saturday, I would call them up and say, "You got any bodies? What's going on?" And they'd say, "But we're we're grilling today." So why don't you come over and have lunch with us? I'm like, all right. So the first time I did, you go through the offices. You know, you go in through the front door, through the regular offices, and then you you go through the autopsy room, past the freezer, and out into the big bay, the big garage dock, I don't know what you call it, where they pull in the giant vans with the bodies. So it's this massive space, and they'd have the garage door open, and they'd have the grill. And so we'd get, we'd load up our plates with buns and tomatoes and all that, and then we'd go out through the autopsy room, into the garage and get our burgers and then we go back through the autopsy room into the office to eat and I can't tell you how many times I thought I'm going to die there is like an airborne infectious disease in the air landing on my burger and I'm gonna die of some stupid random thing because I was eating burgers at the morgue I wasn't worried like the burgers were burgers obviously um but we had really me and a couple other reporters there who covered the cop speed had really great sources at the coroner's office and so we would go to their parties we would do anything they said so yeah I always would if they invited me I was there yeah that's super gross so <laughs> I, I gotta ask you this so I've never been in a morgue and I've never been party to an autopsy but in the TV shows, there's always the cliche about the the guy working in the morgue who's got the scalpel in one hand and a hoagie in the other. Is there, is there any truth to that, that they're always like eating while they're working around dead bodies? So the guys, the, cor- the sheriff's deputies, they only collected the bodies. They didn't actually, they, you know, the forensic pathologist came in to do the autopsies. And so I only went to one, I know, what a wimp, right? Only went to one autopsy in my career. I had um, a friend who went to like 10 and she would wear her high heels there. And anyway, so I went to one and it was very comical. Like, I don't understand why the forensic pathologist had a great sense of humor. Like he dropped the guy's liver on his shoe and they, everyone thought that was hysterical. And I'm thinking, is really weird really mm. weird but um so yeah there's this weird gallows humor i guess with cops and with forensic pathologists so i didn't see him eating anything um but he didn't have a mask on i didn't have a mask on um i didn't feel like it was you know we were super worried about germs then so <laughs> wow okay maybe that was in the old days <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you and your writing 
Okay. So as I've hinted at, and as you mentioned, um, I was a newspaper reporter who covered the crime beat for most of my career before I, I started writing fiction. I never thought that I could write fiction. Um, so I turned to journalism and then I left journalism to have kids and I moved to Minnesota from the Bay area. I moved to Minnesota. I had two little girls and I realized that I was a little bit of a messed up mom. I always had to hear them if they were playing in our fence backyard. I'd have to call their names and make sure they were there. And we were in a really safe neighborhood. So I realized that there was something wrong with the way I was parenting, and I didn't want to damage my children too badly. Um, but I also knew that there were people in the world that did terrible things to kids. So uh, my form of therapy over the years is to journal and to write about things that are upsetting. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to write about this. And I had carted this big box of journals um, that had my notes from interviewing this guy. And I thought, well, I'll write a nonfiction book about him and I'll get it all out of my head and then I won't have to think about him anymore. So I started writing a nonfiction book and it ended up morphing into a fiction book. Uh, the character was cooler than I was. She lived in the nice part of town I could never afford to live in. But I basically told the story about this reporter interviewing the serial killer. And it worked. I mean, it definitely worked. I think I'm a fairly normal mom now. But I realized that I could write fiction. I could write a book. I finished it. And then I received really good feedback. And I eventually got an agent and a four-book deal with HarperCollins. And that just started my whole career as a crime writer. Nice. Um, so we're uh, actually talking today. We're going to finally get around to the topic. We're actually talking today about your favorite thriller. And the book that you said you want to talk about is Orphan X by Greg Hurwitz, which I've read and I thought was excellent. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Can I hold it, up the cover. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. That's it. Um, yep. um, yeah, I've read that one. I very much enjoyed it. So can you give us like a, a little spoiler free synopsis or what can you tell us about the book to that would, uh, like back cover description, the back cover description. So the main character is Evan smoke and he is a former assassin for like a black box, black ops, um, government program. Uh, that would, you know, he basically would kill people for, for the United States government. And then he went rogue. And so now he is not only in hiding from the government who is not happy that he went rogue, but also he has devoted his life to basically killing people um, to help. Of course. He has basically devoted his life to helping people who can't help themselves. Um, he's out there helping people who are desperate, um, mostly involving killing, you know, their, their enemies. Um, is that a good spoiler? You read it. Is that a good spoiler free synopsis? Would you say a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like I said, I never was a book reviewer, so <laughs> that's, that's fine. That was my take on it. Yeah. Um, would you say that Orphan X is the, that it's more of a plot based book or is it more focused on the character? Okay, so I tend to think that it, it's both, honestly. Um, I tend to think that, it, and this is one reason I think I like it so much, because I think it is a really good mix of a plot-based thriller and a character-based thriller. And I don't say that about every thriller that I read, um, and, and that's definitely why um, this, that I picked this book, that I love it so much, is I think it does a good job of both. Mm -hmm. So what is it, I mean, besides having a super cool name like Evan Smoke, what is it about Evan that's so intriguing? Oh, you know, I, I do love sort of the plot-based, sort of one-dimensional thriller characters. Like, I love Jason Bourne. 
I love Jack Reacher. I love um, the character in Atomic Blonde. I love these strong uh, thriller characters, but they don't have a lot of depth. And I feel like Greg Hurwitz does a really good job of getting us inside Evan Smoke's head and really caring about him um, more than a lot of protagonists and thrillers, I believe. From what I remember from the book, and it's been a few years since I, I, I had the audiobook version read by Scott mm-hmm. Brick, and it's been yes. a few years, but I, I seem to remember that there was a big subplot in the book that had a lot to do with him interacting with various people who lived in his apartment complex and him yes. like getting dragged into some kind of like HOA <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. And that was, that was the subplot of the book. And that's what yeah. I remember making it, making it him seem interesting was the way that he was you know, had this really dark past and he was mm-hmm. a very brutal killer, but here he was having to interact with this woman and her small child and sit in these like HOA kind of meetings. And it was yes. a very interesting change of pace. Yes. No, I think that's exactly it. I think that we, we do have this ruthless assassin and yet we see him being this meek, uh, man in the elevator with this 80 year old woman in a Chanel suit who's scolding him, you know? So, I mean, it's just, it's a really good, um, interplay of characters, like to, to show that side of him. So yeah, you, I think you nailed it. Exactly. Yeah. Can you tell us about the villain in the book without spoiling anything? No, but, um, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to give any spoilers. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I do think, think the and you know I we talk about antagonists and protagonists, and I do think that um, you know the antagonist is equally as important as the protagonist. Yeah. yeah. Do you would you describe Orphan X as a page turner, and what does that mean to you? Yeah, um, and this goes back to why I think. You know, I think a lot of people look at a page turner as plot driven, like, okay, what's going to happen next? But the reason that we care what's going to happen next to Evan Smoke is because we care about him. Um, I'm not as interested in the plot or the big stakes here. I'm interested in him. And I mean, what's going to, what's he going to do next? How is he going to handle this? So yeah, in that case, it's a page turner because I want to spend more time with him. I want to continue to be in his world and in his life. So yes, in that sense, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so is is this uh, this book is a series, right? It is a series. Yeah, I think it's like three or four books now. Are all the books uh, about Evan Smoke? Have you read the other ones? Yes, I have read them all. Yes, they're all. He's he's the protagonist in all of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you read other stuff by Greg Hurwitz? I did. I wrote. I read the Crime Writer, um, which is the only other one I've read by him, which was which was amazing. That was. I that might have been my introduction to him, um, but yeah, that was a really good book too. I read it a while ago, so I couldn't tell you what it's about, but I was. It was definitely one of the ones I liked. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've read anything else. I read this one um, because I think a few years ago I I really fell in love with Scott Brick, the audiobook narrator. Oh, okay. Um, really, his voice. I don't have any personal feelings toward the man, um, but I, I think I just went. <laughs> I went through. I went through Audible and just like sorted Audible by his recordings, and he's recorded, gosh, hundreds of books. Oh, and wow. I just downloaded a, um, a bunch of stuff where he narrated. And so that introduced me to lots of books. And he's doing the new uh, Jack Reacher books now. Oh, I guess he the, is. Um, okay. The old narrator either passed away or retired. And so huh. Scott Brick is going to be the new voice of Reacher. 
Nice. You, you, I could see. Yeah, I definitely could see the connection. Cool. We'll have to check them out. Uh, anyway, uh, audiobooks aside, so what is it about <laughs> Orphan X that makes it stand above any other thriller that you might choose to be to call your favorite thriller? You know, I think we touched on this just a little bit, but what I love about Orphan X and about the main character is that his character, he you see him wanting so badly to live a normal life. Like you said, he's interacting with these people in his building. He's sort of falling for this woman and her son, and he sees himself as part of their life, but he can't. I mean, he's, you know, he can never open himself up to somebody because what he does is go, he kills people and it's not going to be, and I think she's, she's maybe a district attorney or something. So they're totally, there's no way that it would work, you know? Um, and I love that about him because you always, you see him always on the outside looking in and you can just see this yearning about him. He just wants the, these normal things, but that was never an option for him. And it's really mm -hmm. bittersweet because he wants a normal life and he's never, ever going to have that. We know this. Like, we just know that that's going to be something that's never fulfilled for him. And that just um, makes it stand above other thrillers to me. It just like, I really feel for the guy. That tragic irony is always compelling, yes. isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Right. So here's a general question about thrillers. What makes a great thriller great? What is it, What is the quality that makes a great thriller so compelling? Aside from tragic irony. Aside from <laughs> You know, I am a terrible book critic. So this this is my this is my criteria. And go ahead and laugh at it if you will. Any book, thriller or whatever, if it moves me emotionally, if it makes me cry, it's it's a great book. It's a great thriller. Um if it doesn't make me cry, then it was enjoyable. You know, I, I, it was a good escape. It was enjoyable. I, I love it. Like spending my time doing that. But if the book makes me cry, then it, it's a great thriller. It's a great novel. Uh, so I call that the cry factor. And if a reader tells me they've cried, I'm just like, yes, <laughs> got it. The cry factor. Nice. So, so that's my criteria. Really scientific, I know. Yeah, no. Um, I like to make my readers cry, not not um, not by connecting with them emotionally, but by getting them to be interested <laughs> in a character and then ruthlessly killing that character off. That's uh, that's huh. how I want to elicit tears in that, my readers. You know, that sounds very familiar. Um, Game of Thrones, much? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think um, I'm quite to George R. R. Martin level, but I well, probably, there you go. Yeah, I don't think I've written as many characters as he's killed off. Oh. But you've killed off as many? Um, I don't know. Maybe I don't think I can say that. Um, so, Christy, what, what book of yours do you want to talk to us about today? Well, I think the one the one that I'm obsessing with right now – sorry, my dogs. The one okay. I'm obsessing with right now is uh, one that comes out this month. And I think talking about Orphan X is perfect because really this book was inspired by Orphan X. Um, I love, like I said, Evan Smoke. I love Jack Reacher, Jason Bourne, James Bond. And they all inspired me to create a female rogue, vigilante, Robin Hood, assassin type character. Mm -hmm. um, and her name's Eva Santella, and she's Italian, and she was a she had to become a mob boss at 17 when her father was uh, imprisoned, and she's tried to escape that life. She's come to America to try to escape that life, but it just keeps catching up to her. And so she also is trying to live a normal life. Um, 
with this assassin background. So a little bit like Evan Smoke, um, but unlike Evan, she probably is going to have a better shot of living that that normal life. Um, and the book is called The Queen of Spades. It's out May 23rd, and it's called The Queen of Spades because in the Italian in Sicilian mafia, if you had a Queen of Spades card left, like on your doorstep or something, you're gonna you're gonna die. <laughs> mm. Wow, it's a cool cover. Is this the um, oh, uh, is this the first book in a new series? This is the first book in a new series. She's she's a spinoff character from um, a, another series I have, mm-hmm. and I think people wanted to know more about her, and she's super fun to write. So. I've definitely done that before. Spun off new series yeah. from existing characters because yeah. if you like, if you like this character in that book, you'll probably like them featuring their own series, and then it gives you it gives you a great chance to expand on somebody's story, expand mm-hmm. on their their backstory, where they've come from, and completely change everything. <laughs> That's what I like to do. Introduce a character, give them their own series, and then completely change everything about their backstory just to make it more interesting. Hmm. I don't, I don't, you are more skilled than me. I'm not sure I can get away with that. Well, I? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying that I am getting away with it. I'm just saying that I've done it. That you've done it. <laughs> I'm not saying that I won't do that, but that's not the plan right now. We'll nice. see. <laughs> well, Christy, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything you want uh, people out there to know? Do you have a favorite thriller book at this moment? Wow, nobody's asked me that. I've done like half a, I've done like eight or nine of these, and nobody's asked me my favorite thriller. Were you interviewing um, reporters? <laughs> no, I guess I'm okay, not, there I not. I guess go. not. Um, okay. My favorite thriller. Well, I have a lot. I, I have several that that might not exactly qualify because they're a little sci-fi-ish or like because probably um, Lexicon by Max Berry. Oh, okay. I consider it a thriller, but it's yeah. very, it's got some kind of like fa- fantasy sci-fi elements to it. Cool. Um, or, you know, uh, The Drawing of the Three by Stephen King, the second book oh, in the nice. um, the Dark Tower series. I mean, it's nice. definitely, you know, it's a sci-fi, Western, fantasy, whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is. But <laughs> that that book introduced me to thrillers, and I love that. Oh, but cool. Oh, cool. My favorite probably straight thriller, just like straight, no fantasy, nothing magical, nothing sci-fi, high-tech, regular yeah. thrillers, probably The Firm by John Grisham. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that book, and and it, uh, it, it uh, like a lot of what you were talking about. What John Grisham did did well is that in the first chapter, he made me care about the hero. In the first chapter, yeah, yeah that's great. I'm sorry, my dogs are so loud. That's okay. He okay. made me, yeah, he made me care about the hero, and then okay, basically in the from first there, chapter. yeah, there it's you like go. then from, you're in. Yeah, I'm on board now. Like now, I just want to see what happens to him. Want to see if he yep. Yep. if he gets no, no, what he no, wants, no. if he succeeds. Sorry, they're so loud. <laughs> they're just like, this is, they've you're, never been this loud, Jim. I'm just like, no. <laughs> your dogs want your attention. They're desperate. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Amazon <laughs> man outside. We're trying to be quiet here. Yeah, that's okay. Come here, Coco. You're going to come say hi to Jim because then you'll be Oh. Ooh. Sorry, she's a delicate little thing. There you go. <laughs> oh, poor baby. Hi. All right, there we go. If I hold her, she'll be quiet. But we're wrapping up anyway. Oh, yeah, we're right? wrapping up. Okay. <laughs> All right, Christy. Well, thank you so much for talking thank, to me today about Orphan you. X. And thank you your, for having me. This is fun. Your book that comes out, or will have already come out by the time this airs, uh, The Queen of Spades, a thriller, Queen of Spades, thrillers. And that will be book one after, I'm sure it'll be called book one after book two and three and four and five and six come out. Right. So, all right. Hey, thanks, Christy. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, it's...
it's Jim Heskett here. I hope you enjoyed that interview on the Your Favorite Thriller podcast, talking with thriller authors about the thriller books that they enjoy, plus their own work, and also some occasional silliness thrown in just for fun. I want to let you know about a couple things I've got going on. If you will go to jimheskett.com forward slash reader group, you can get free thriller books which I'm guessing you'll like, because if you're listening to the show, you probably like thriller books. Well, how about getting some for free? Also, if you go to jimheskett.com forward slash contest, you can get uh, a chance to win free stuff, and all it will cost you is your email address. That's j-i-m-h-e-s-k-e-t-t dot c-o-m forward slash c-o-n-t-e-s-t, jimheskett.com forward slash contest. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoy the show and if you're getting stuff out of it, I would love it if you could go online to Apple Podcasts and the Google Play Store or Stitcher and leave me a rating and review in the Apple Podcasts app. It's super easy to do. All you have to do is scroll down below the show. You can tap a button to rate and then you can write a quick review. You don't have to write a freaking book. It can just be 10 seconds worth of hey this is the best show ever or you know whatever you want to say i don't want to put words in your mouth but anyway i really appreciate you listening and i hope you will stick around this podcast only comes out from time to time so just stay subscribed and when new episodes are ready they will magically drop on your phone thanks have a great day